Thank you for being here on this Sunday morning. Uh, house is packed, and that's what we like to see. I appreciate everybody coming out on this Resurrection Sunday. If you feel like sardines, just thank the Lord that uh, everybody around you wore their deodorant. Say amen. 
Thank you for being here. Some quick announcements this morning. I know the bulletin's a little hard to read. We wanted you to squint this morning. Uh, but let me run through the announcements with you. First of all, this being Resurrection Sunday, we don't do evening services. I know that's a couple of weeks now that we've not done that because of uh, homegoing services here in our church. We'll return uh, a week from tomorrow to our regular services. That way we're not in a hurry today. We didn't come to leave, so we're going to relax and enjoy the morning. And then don't forget, if you would, please, uh, uh, this being Resurrection Sunday, uh, many of you brought your Judas bags with you, those 30 pieces of silver. When we do the offering this morning, you can just drop that in the plate. Uh, we won't do a penny march. Uh, we'll let the kids get out in just a second, uh, But because I know we kind of probably took all your change for the uh, Judas bags, but we'll resume that again next Sunday as well. Several new announcements are listed in your bulletin. I'll quickly go through those. This being the month of April, we've got a new item for our Grace Network Ministry. Keep that in mind if you would. And then just a week and a half uh, away is our Ladies' Jubilee on April the 28th and 29th, Friday night and Saturday. We're looking forward to a great time. Two Sundays from today, two weeks from today. April 30th, homecoming here at SAGBC, Kyler Rowland and Deliverance. And then, of course, we'll have a meal downstairs uh, following our services. And I am so, so, so excited to announce what's down at the bottom. This is brand new for us, and I am elated beyond measure. Beginning the first Sunday in May, we will start having an option for online tithe and offering. Uh, I uh, have been wanting to do this for a while, and we've got the capacity to do it now. Uh, I will tell you that I downloaded the app, set it up, and gave the first donation last week all in about 17 seconds. It is very easy, and I can't wait for the... Now, you'll still have the same option that you've got of your checks and your envelopes and all of that, but I am looking forward to the day when I say time for tithes and offerings, and I see 200 people whoop out their cell phone. Amen. Uh, but that will be an option, not a mandatory. You'll still have the way of always doing it. But uh, for those of us that want to use that technology, that will begin available the first Sunday in May. And then for the next two weeks, we'll have lots of instructions for you how to do all of that, how to get connected and make sure you're giving to our church. Amen. <laughs> I hate for you to give to the Stanley Town Baptist Church in Duluth, Minnesota. Amen. <laughs> But uh, we'll have all those instructions for you in next week's bulletin, Lord willing. But you keep all of that in mind if you would. All right, we're going to let the little ones come on down. No penny march this morning. They're going to head straight down to my left. Uh, you come on and make your way down if you would. All the kids that are heading to Children's Church, Junior Church Nursery, come straight down to my left. They're heading straight out this morning. who got our baskets ready for our Ladies' Jubilee. There are still some uh, cards out in the back, out in the side. And again, this is for any lady. You don't have to be a member of our church. Several churches will be attending. Friday night begins at 6 o'clock. Honey, is that right? I've got it on here. Why don't you just look at it, dummy? Friday, April the 28th at 6 o'clock. And then, I'm glad you didn't call me dummy. Amen. 
and that will be downstairs to begin with uh, for the uh, meet and greet downstairs. And then Saturday, April the tw- and then they'll come up here for the services. Then Saturday, April the 29th starts at 10:30, uh, and that's here in the church. A lot of folks have asked, can you come to one? Do you have to come to both? You come to whatever you can come to, uh, and that'll be a blessing for you, ladies and you young girls. It'll be a fantastic time. Drama team will be performing. We'll practice next Sunday, 2:30. Miss Pam, will that work? 2:30 next Sunday. Drama team will be getting ready for that. So drama team, grab you a quick lunch next Sunday, and then we'll get back here in the church uh, uh, and get practicing on that. And then, of course, on Sunday morning, we'll have Kyler Rowland and Deliverance. Uh, we've had them for several years now uh, for our homecoming. And I have to tell you, each year just gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. And they tell us all the time, I hope nobody will be upset when I say this, but they tell us all the time that uh, we are their favorite church. I don't care if you are upset by that. I like it. Amen. They tell us that we are their favorite church, and they look forward to coming here every year, and we look forward to having them every year. They're some of my favorite folks in the world, so you remember that as we make our way into the end of April and into May. And then I'm going to give you a little little snapshot. I'll have in next week's bulletin uh, a change to our calendar, and that is simply that we're going to be hosting an end-of-summer revival with Brother C.T. Townsend. He will be here. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, I'll have those changes in the bulletin for you. We're looking to pair that. I'll change some dates for our Civil Servants Sunday. It'll be at the end of August instead of the 1st. Putting those two events together, and wow, what a time that will be. We'll have you, give you all of those dates, Lord willing, in next Sunday's uh, a bulletin. All of that just came to fruition this week, and Brother CT's excited to be here, and we're excited to have him uh, uh, at the end of August. With all of that said, fellas, come on and make your way down. Anna, you come get ready to sing for us this morning. You mind the Lord with his tithes and your offerings, and if you've got Judas bags, you drop those in as well, those 30 pieces of silver. And fellas, we're going to trust that those plates get so heavy that you've got to have 10 people to help you carry them. Amen. We're going to pray this morning. Lord, we love you today, and we're sure glad to be in your house. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Lord, I pray your blessings upon our offering today. Lord, bless Anna as she sings. May it be what you'd have it to be in Christ's name. Amen. This is an older song. Um, I sing it quite a bit, His Life for Mine, but I couldn't think of a better Easter song to sing because he did give his life for us. But um, he did come back three days later, and now I can have salvation. And I just wanted to sing this song, so I hope it will be a blessing to you.
to feel my soul and his crown of thorns they made me royalty his sorrow gave me joy and told his life for mine his life for mine how could it ever be that he would die God's son would die this morning I kept telling y'all that if Ken did not relinquish his allegiance to Carolina I was gonna fire him amen page 63 this morning let's stand to your feet this morning we'll have a song of fellowship shake hands what a day that will be let's sing it together there's coming a day page 63 sing it with us this morning there's coming a day sing now there is coming a day when no Oh. 
I shall see and I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace amen takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land what a day glorious day that will be all right fellowship with each other welcome out our visitors this morning thank you for being here today
so much for shaking hands, welcoming out our visitors this morning. Matthew chapter 28, please, in your Bibles. Matthew chapter 28. And let me say to all of our visitors, we are honored that you're here today. You are never more welcome than you are here at SAGBC. We're delighted that you've made it, uh, your way out on this Sunday morning. And uh, we invite you to be with us anytime. We are an old-fashioned church that believes in old-fashioned worship. And we appreciate you coming out this morning. Doesn't take long to be in here to know that we are not a quiet church. Amen. The Bible says that God inhabits the praise of his people, and I believe that Satan inhabits the quietness of the hour. So I'd just like to come in and have a good time. Matthew chapter 28, please, if you would. Matthew chapter 28 this morning. We'll read verses 1 through 10. Typically, uh, I'll look at Luke's or John's account of the gospel of, uh, uh, of resurrection, but I want to look this morning at what Matthew has to say, and we'll look at some specific thoughts this morning. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse number 1, and we will read down through verse number 10. The Bible says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary unto the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. The angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. The angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. They departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. They came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Let's pray together. Lord, it is in the name of Jesus that we thank you for the day. Lord, we are so grateful that the tomb is empty today. Lord, we're not here to celebrate a lamb on a cross, but rather we're here to celebrate a resurrected Savior. Thank you for the songs that we've heard. Thank you for the joy that they bring to our hearts and for the reminder that Jesus is alive and well. Lord, we come to the part of the day now that is so critical, so important, not because I'm doing it, Lord, but because you ordained the foolishness of preaching as the instrument to save men's souls. Lord, I pray if there's any person in the audience this morning that's never accepted Christ as Savior, that today would be the day, this would be the hour. Today's the day of salvation, Lord, and I pray that as we preach this morning, uh, that all of us would walk out of here a little bit more knowledgeable, but Lord, a whole lot more excited about the fact we serve a risen Savior. Lord, we love you, but most of all, we thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Sunday school teacher was teaching her class about Sodom and Gomorrah and about Lot and his wife. She got to the part of the story uh, where it said that 
Lot's wife uh, turned around and became a, a pillar of salt. Little Johnny sat there thinking about that for just a moment, thinking about that just a moment, and thinking about that just a moment. And suddenly he threw his hand up. The teacher called on him and said, Miss Smith, that is such a coincidence. It was just last week that my mother turned around and she turned into a light pole. Amen. The story that we've read this morning is the most critical piece of information that you hold in your lap. It is the element that we celebrate every day that you get up and put on your Sunday clothes and come to church. It is the greatest event in human history, and it is the single event that has established the foundation of our faith. Downstairs this morning in my Sunday school class, I gave a very quick timeline of events that led up to the crucifixion of Christ. Most folks don't realize just how expedient these events were. From the time of the Last Supper on Thursday night to the six trials that happened during the overnight hours to the fact that Jesus was crucified unexpectedly at 9 a.m. on Friday morning hung on the cross for three hours, for six hours until Friday afternoon. And because uh, it was soon to be the Sabbath, which would begin at 6 o'clock, uh, his body was quickly taken down off the cross uh, and very quickly put into the tomb without the opportunity of having his body anointed with spices as was customary. So the body lay in the ground uh, Friday evening and all day Saturday. The law forbade the women from going out on the Sabbath day. The body had to be put in the ground before the Sabbath day began and had to, be, had to stay there during the Sabbath day in its entirely. But on Sunday morning, as the Bible says at the beginning of verse number 1 of chapter 28, on the first day of the week, Sunday morning, as the Sabbath day came to a close and Sunday morning began to dawn, the ladies leave the house for one purpose. That is to anoint the body of Jesus and do what they would relate to as a proper burial. I want you to understand, folks, that this hour this moment was not a joyous occasion. This was not the celebration that we are enjoying this morning. This was an hour in which hearts were heavy. The disciples had not anticipated that their Savior, that their Lord would be crucified. These ladies had heard about what had happened, many of them there at the cross. All of this happened very quickly, and none of it had been planned. What they did not realize what we understand this morning uh, is that at sunrise, the sun rose. At sunrise on that first Sunday morning, uh, the sun rose. Uh, and please listen to me this morning. Uh, because he lives, uh, everything changed. Because he's alive, uh, everything transformed. With the help of the Lord, I want to give you a message this morning I've entitled, At Sunrise, the sun rose. Several points we'll look at. Notice, number one, if you would, please, uh, that this first Sunday morning, this first Easter morning was, in fact, a time of weeping. A time of weeping. Go back and look at your text, if you would, please, verse number one. The Bible tells us it was the end of Sabbath. A Jewish day begins at 6 a.m., 
So at approximately 6 a.m. Sunday morning, Sabbath, which was a Saturday event, uh, had come to a close. And as the Sabbath day was coming to a close, uh, early on Sunday morning, uh, the Bible says that as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, which we know of as Sunday, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. I want you to understand, folks, that as these ladies left their home on that Sunday morning, they did so with weeping in their heart. As they walked out the door with their arms full of the spices that would be used to anoint the body of Jesus for proper burial, they did so with the realization that the one that they loved, the one that they served, the one that indeed they had worshipped and cherished was now dead. Friday, they watched him hang on a cross. Friday, they watched nails driven in his hands. They watched as the nail was driven into both of his feet. They watched him be laughed at, made fun of, and mocked. They'd heard about the six false trials that had happened on Thursday night leading into Friday morning. They'd listened to the cries of crucify him. They'd watched standing there at the cross as the crowd laughed at him, made fun of him. They listened as he said, I thirst. They listened as he gave the care of his own mother Mary over to his apostle John. They watched all of this happen and then they watched him being taken down off that cross having suffered and died after six long hours. They watched the spear by the Roman soldier pierced him out from which came blood and water and I say this often please rid your eye of this idea that artists paint of a little trickle of blood here and a little trickle of blood there when you saw Jesus on the cross you saw a bloody lamb the Bible says that his visage, his face was so scarred uh, that he barely looked human. Uh, when you looked at Jesus, you saw a body uh, whose back had been beaten, uh, whose body had been stripped with a cat of nine tails, uh, whose face had been smacked, a crown of thorns put upon his head. Uh, you watched a man, uh, indeed a human, a God-man, but a man nonetheless bleed, blood, blood, blood everywhere. It was a bloody sight that these ladies watched so on Sunday morning as they got up from their bed gathered the spices together they did so with a heavy heart they did so with mourning in their soul realizing that the one they loved so dearly was dead have no doubt that the walk to the tomb was the longest walk they'd ever made I have no doubt that tears were being shed all over again as they went to the tomb where their loved one that they cherished so much would be housed. It was a time of mourning, time of weeping. But not only was it a time of weeping, as soon as they got to the tomb, their time of weeping quickly transitioned to a time of wonder, a time of amazement. You see, folks, when they got there, things won't the way they had anticipated. I know that's not correct English, but you listen to me carefully. When the ladies got there, they were astonished by what they saw. What did they see? Several things. Notice verse number 2, if you would, please. Behold, there was a great earthquake. No doubt they felt it as they made their way. 
For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door, and I love this, and sat upon it. I think in my mind's eye, one of the first things they saw, even from afar off, uh, as they made their way to the tomb, was the fact that the rock wasn't there. The absence of the stone surprised them. Now, in our mind's eye, that might not seem like a big deal, but this was a monstrous deal. In fact, the ladies, uh, we read from other accounts, were even conversing about it. How are we going to get the stone away? Uh, this was not a little rock or a little pebble. Uh, this was a monstrous, monstrous rock. Uh, and in many times, a groove would be hewn out uh, so that the stone could fit inside of it. Uh, it would be sealed with mud or wax. Uh, oftentimes, uh, there would be a rope structure across of it to seal it for sure. Uh, and the guards themselves would be there to protect the grave from being robbed. Uh, the ladies wondered how they were going to get the stone out to anoint the body of Christ. What they did not understand as they made their way, what they did not realize even as they felt the earthquake, what they did not realize is that the stone had already been taken care of. May I pause just a moment and say to you that God did not move the stone for Jesus to get out. God moved the stone so that everybody else could get in. Jesus could have got out whether the stone was moved or not. And I think we have this idea of the angel pushing hard to try to roll away the stone. I'm not a Greek or a Hebrew scholar, but if you look at the original text, in fact, what you find is that the stone was flung away. Flung away. So the first thing that you, they saw during this time of wonder was the stone. But what they saw next even blew their mind more because unanticipated by the stone being removed, even superseding that is the fact of the splendor that was there at that grave. Look at verse number 2 again, if you would. The last part, For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone, boy, I love this, and sat upon it. Verse 3 says his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. For fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. So at that moment, as the ladies made their way, the earth began to quake. And from the very heavens themselves, one of the heavenly hosts that sang of his arrival in Luke chapter number 2, descended from heaven, looked at the stone, spoke the word, the stone was flung back, and as the ladies approached, they saw not only the stone gone, but they saw the angel sitting upon the stone. And they knew in an instant that that was not an average ordinary man. How do you know? Because the Bible says that his raiment was like white as snow and his countenance his face was like lightning I can just imagine as the, the, the angel descended the Bible says that the guards fell as dead men these uh, little Roman guards uh, who were the best of the best uh, the best that Pilate could order up uh, the best in the business uh, they were no match for the angel of God 
So when that angel descended and when he kicked the stone away and flung it to the side, the guards passed out in fear. Amen. And here comes the ladies sauntering up. And in my mind's eye, I love it because the Bible says that the angel was sitting on the stone. He wasn't standing by the side of the grave, but rather he was sitting by the stone or on the stone, sitting on top of it. That speaks of power. And I know I'm kind of reading between the lines, but I can just imagine that angel sitting there, smiling. And as the ladies made their way, he looks up and says, Well, good morning, y'all. Good to see you. What a glorious day it is. And the ladies' mouths drop open. They'd anticipated a dead body. They'd anticipated struggling to get the stone away. They did not anticipate the stone being removed, and they sure enough didn't anticipate uh, something that looked like lightning sitting on top of the rock. The stone, the splendor. Notice third, the sepulcher. A third anticipated event is noted in verse number five. The Bible said, And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye. I believe that the angel, when he saw the reaction of the women, said, Ooh, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to tremble. And then he looks at the ladies and he says to them, smiling on his face, he says, I know that you seek Jesus. Come a little closer. Let me whisper something to you. He's not here. And immediately their mouths dropped open because their greatest fear has just been realized. Somebody's come. Somebody's stolen the body. Somebody got to him before we did. What are we going to do? And the angel says, whoop, hold on. For he's risen. And then he says, come inside. Look at where he was. I think in our mind's eye, we have this really holy, sanctimonious occasions. It was nothing. Those were real women, real people with real emotions. And they were real terrified when they saw it. And the angel said, fear not. You don't have to be afraid. I know why you're here. You're here seeking Jesus. But guess what, girls? He's not here. He's alive. He's risen. And if you don't believe me, step inside and see where he lay. Amen. It was the time of weeping that quickly became a time of wonder. And I love the fact, listen to me carefully, that it transitioned to a time of witness. I don't think it was an accident or a coincidence that it was to women that the announcement of the resurrection of the Lord came first. I don't think it's an accident that the first person that would see a resurrected Jesus 
would be Mary Magdalene. I don't think it was an accident that the first people uh, that would have the good news of Jesus uh, and would spread the news far and wide would be women. Why? Because listen now, fellas. When it came time for Christ's crucifixion, the men ran. But the women stayed. When it came time for the crucifixion of Jesus, the Bible records only one of the 11 remaining disciples there. And that one was, of course, the Apostle John. Judas had already been hanged, but everybody else scattered to and fro, but not the women. The women who'd followed him women who'd ministered to him the women who never forgot where they were when he found them the women who never forgot Mary Magdalene who never forgot that she was possessed with a multitude of demons before Jesus touched her if she were alive today she'd say you couldn't pry me away from him you couldn't tear me away from him there was nothing inappropriate about the love I had for him I just knew where I was when he found me and I never forgot where he brought me from notice this time of witness with the proclamation in verse number 7 the angel says and go quickly Tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. Behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. Quick little history lesson you need to understand that the nation of Israel at that time is divided into three provinces. There's the northern province that we know of as Galilee. The middle province that we know of today is Samaria that was actually not even part of Israel at the day. And the southern province that we call Judea. In Jerusalem, everybody had come to Jerusalem, which is in the southern province, because it was time for the Passover celebration. But when Passover was over, everybody would go back, if you would, to their hometown, which for Jesus and the disciples would be Galilee. And so when the angel says simply, he's alive, he's heading home, and he wants you to meet him there. Notice these women who had witnessed the empty tomb were given the charge to share the news with the disciples. And what was the news? It was simply this. He was dead, but now he's alive. He was crucified, but he's living again. Let me give it to you another way. Friday, hearts were heavy. Sunday, hearts are rejoicing again. On Friday, there's weeping. On Sunday, there's celebration. On Friday... uh, Their tears being wiped away because of sorrow and sadness. But on Sunday, their tears being wiped away because of celebration and joy. Would you listen to me very carefully? Please get this this morning if you get nothing else. Satan will try to convince you that you're in the middle of a Friday and you'll never get out of it. 
He will try to tell you that he's got you cornered, that he's got your number, that he's got your circumstances, that he's got your situation, that there's nothing to be happy about. He will try to convince you that your life is miserable and that circumstances have ruined everything. But you look at me, Sunday, amen, that's all right, sister, help yourself. Sunday is coming soon, amen, amen. For those of you who are wondering, we got a little nursery notification right up there. Sunday is coming soon. Notice, if you would, please, not only the proclamation, but note the expectation. The second part of verse number 7 says, There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. Please note what the angel says there. This is the only account where we read the angel saying this. But the angel says, There shall you see him. <laughs> it's one thing to hear he's alive. But it's something altogether different to see it. Amen. It is one thing for the angel to say he's alive. But it is something altogether different uh, for with their own eyes to see the one they saw crucified up walking around living and breathing, a dead man walking around in the midst. The angel says, trust me, trust me. You don't even have to take my word for it. You will see him again. Can I pause just a moment and say that's the hope of every believer in the building this morning. I've never seen him with these physical eyes. I've seen him with spiritual eyes. I've heard him talk to me with spiritual eyes. I don't mean an audible voice, uh, but I know a voice that's speaking through the power of God's word and touching my heart and touching my soul. Uh, and I'm reminded uh, that at the last trump, uh, the voice of the archangel, the shout of God, uh, that the very Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, uh, and that we which are alive and remain uh, shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. I hadn't seen him yet, but honey, I'm a gonna. These eyes have never looked upon him yet, but honey, there's soon coming a day when these eyes will never turn away from him. <laughs> I've never physically knelt at his feet, but there's soon coming a day where I will kneel and never get up and thank him for about a million years for saving an old wretch like me. You'll see him again, the angel says. Time of weeping, time of wonder, time of witness notice if you would please verse number 8 and they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy <laughs> and did run to bring his disciples word I think at this moment, it all clicked. At this moment, everything changed. At this moment, at this very instant, I can, I can almost, you know, in education, we talk about that light bulb going off for students. 
where you can visibly see in their eyes, oh, now I get it. Now I understand. And I could just imagine these ladies, all of a sudden, everything made sense. Now. And so, stay with me, because this is going to, this is, this is just going to ruin some Baptist theology. And that moment, the very first Easter message was preached by some faithful ladies. Now, I know there are some Baptist brethren that would take away my ordination papers right now for saying that. But the very first message, which simply said, Hey, boys, he's alive. The very first message was preached by these women when after one second's notice, it all clicked and they ran and told the disciples, wipe your tears, get rid of the frown. You saw him dead, but honey, he's alive today. Can I stop just a moment and say, I am thankful for the day it clicked in my life. Like many of you, I was raised in church. I mean, I was there all the time. And when you're raised in church, you understand the vocabulary. You understand the language. You know what to do and when to do it. And you know when to stand and when to sit. And you know when to sing and you know when to shout. All of that you learn how to do. But there's a day when it clicks. And you realize that all of that was for me. When you realize the Calvary, the cross, and the beatings, and the nails, and the crown, and the mockery, it's because I owed a sin debt that I couldn't pay. And then you realize that he had to die but if he was really the son of God he couldn't stay dead <laughs> that he couldn't just be a lamb on a cross he had to be a lord out of the tomb and so on that first Easter morning the earthquakes, the stones rolled away and at sunrise the sun rose why? for me for you, for you, and for you. Last thought this morning. Notice, if you would, please. Time of weeping, time of wonder, time of witness, and finally, it was a time of worship. If we stop now, man, it'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, this is great. But notice what happens in verse number 9. The appearance of the Lord... And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying. Did you catch that? Now, we know in other accounts, he's already appeared to Mary Magdalene. And now he's about to appear to these ladies. Perhaps Mary is back with the group. But he appears to them and says, all as they're making their way back to tell the disciples, 
they see somebody in the road and as they stop the somebody turns around and says help so what do they do verse number 9 says they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him <laughs> look at me ladies before these crazy old ne'er-do-wells disciples even knew that he's alive them girls done had church amen amen before the disciples had even wiped the sleep out of their eyes these girls are celebrating you know girls typically get up before the sorry men do anyway don't you dare say a word Renee Hicks Hodges amen the girls are up getting the day's job done before the men are even out of the bed and what did they miss out uh, they done had church in the road because the ladies were there to worship the Lord finally this morning verse number 10 Jesus said unto them be not afraid <laughs> go and tell my brethren let me just stop for a minute and say hallelujah that he called up my brethren. What does that matter? Because they messed up. The disciples blew it. In Jesus' hour of need, none but John was there. Peter followed from afar off and we criticize him. But I don't see mention anywhere else of any of the rest of them jokers. But Jesus is not mad. He says, tell my brethren that they go into Galilee there shall they see me be not afraid I could read between the lines and say it like this looking at the girls he says ladies understand there's some difficult days it's not going to be a walk in the park. It's not going to be a bed of roses. Everything's not going to be happy-go-lucky. But you look at me. You don't have to be afraid. Because he's alive. Child of God, look at me. I'm done with this, I promise you. Walking the Christian walk is not always easy. I'll be honest with you. The last three weeks have been some of the most challenging I have faced as a pastor not just because of the death of my mother but because of so many other folks in our church who I love dearly going through so many things and there are times I've looked at Renee and said I don't know what I'm supposed to do or where I'm supposed to go or who I'm supposed to go visit because everybody's hurting so many are suffering but then I'm reminded of this simple thought Why? Because death has lost its sting. The grave has lost its victory. And the king's alive. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Brother Ken. Heads bowed and eyes closed. You all that are being baptized, feel free to make your way if you would, please. You all that are being baptized, feel free to go ahead and make your way to get changed and get prepared. But for everybody else, please listen carefully. 
with heads bowed and eyes closed now. Listen to me carefully. I want to ask you just a couple of simple questions. If you're in the building this morning and you know him, you're sure beyond any shadow of a doubt you know him and more importantly, you know that he knows you. You're saved on your way to heaven. When you breathe your last breath, heaven is where you'll be. You've no doubt about that. Would you lift your hand this morning just to give testimony of your own salvation? You can put them down. Now listen carefully. Here's some folks who didn't raise your hand. And I'm not going to embarrass you. I won't single you. I won't come to you. I won't do anything. I just want to right now pray for you and pray with you. Nobody's looking. If in the quietness and stillness of this moment, if you would be honest and say, Pastor, I'm not a Christian. I'm not saved. I don't know for 100% sure when I die that I'll go to heaven. Please pray for me. Let me see your hand this morning. Anybody like that, please pray for me. Anyone at all, thank you so much. I appreciate that honesty. Not 100% sure that when I die, heaven's my home. Thank you. Somebody else. Anybody else this morning? I'm going to ask you one more question before Brother Ken sings this awesome, awesome invitation song. You're here this morning, and you're facing an obstacle that the enemy's trying to convince you he's got under control. He's trying to tell you that your Friday will never end. You need to be reminded that Sunday's coming. The Lord's got the answer on the way. You're facing some major life challenges. You want to lift your hand this morning for prayer. Anybody like that? My, my, I'm seeing an awful lot of hands go up. 20, 30, 30, 40 hands probably going up this morning. Brother Ken's going to sing this wonderful song, Jesus paid it all. You step out this morning uh, before he sings the first note. Come on, make your way right now before Brother Ken sings a note. Come on. Would you come this morning? I hear the Savior say Hear the Savior say I Some of you ladies come around here and pray with Sister Pam if you would. Child of weakness watch it Find in me, find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. All to him I owe. Sin had left. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it. Sing us one more, brother Ken, one more verse. Amen. Thy power, thy power and thine alone, thine alone can heal the cleanse the leper's and change the leper's spots and melt that heart of Jesus soul. paid it all. Jesus paid it all. And stain, he washed it white as snow. Amen. You can be seated this morning. We've got a couple to baptize. This is heaven's work we're going to do. 
And I want you to give us about five minutes to take care of that and get ready. And I want Anna to sing the song again this morning that she sang, because I love it. His life for mine. Give us a couple minutes to, to get ready for the baptism.
right, so, sweetheart, it's freezing. She said, that's good, I'm burnt. <laughs> of faith in Jesus Christ, I baptize Marie Solomon, this our sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. celebration we had here at the house of God today that your son is risen Lord he's not here he's still alive and well he's in control of everything Father we thank you Lord for the wonderful redemption plan that you have in store for us and God we thank you for salvation this morning and it's only done by your son Jesus Christ Father what an ultimate sacrifice he gave for us Father thank you Lord for allowing him to give his life for ours Father, may we never forget it. Lord, may we never take advantage of it. God, I pray, Lord, that if there's anybody here today, God, that does not know Christ as Savior, Father, they won't step out of this building, Lord, without finding out how to be saved. Father, what a blessed assurance you give us, Lord, in that. Father, I'm so thankful today, Lord, that you saved an old wretch like me. God, what a blessing. God, I pray now, Lord, for everybody as they go their separate ways.